0: I'd like to read for you Matthew 1, 18 through 25. You don't have to open your Bibles, but if you have them, I invite you to open to Matthew chapter 1. It's the first book in the New Testament. If you're new to looking at your Bibles, when I say things like 1, 18, I mean chapter 1, which is typically a big, bold letter, and then verse 18 are smaller letters out to the side. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. I'm going to read through verse 25. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not till she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So much revealed here. A miraculous conception. Jesus came to be not through intimacy as we know and expect it to be, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. An angelic appearance wherein these things are revealed. A revelation of the purpose of this child's life. He will save his people from their sins. All of those things and more contained herein. But I want to reflect on one verse. One verse alone. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means... God with us. Two truths come to light here. First, Jesus is God. And second, Jesus is God with us. Let's think about the first. Jesus is no mere man. He is the God-man. Fully divine and fully human. Chapter 1 of John's Gospel we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Perhaps you've heard these verses before. It's mysterious, but at the same time simple. John is saying that the Word was with God in the beginning, that the Word was God, and that through the Word all things have been made. Who is the Word? Verse 14 tells us, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. The Word is none other than the pre-incarnate Christ. Pre-incarnate means before taking on flesh. The Word is the eternal Son of God. The Word is the second person of the Trinity before He became a man. Thus, mysteriously, yet truly, this baby born to Mary and Joseph is not just a baby. this baby is God himself. When we sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing last night, we sang these lines. I wonder if you remember. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Beloved, think about all this entails. This is the one who set each star in place. God created the heavens. He painted the night sky. He put Orion's belt and Jupiter and Mars and moon where he saw fit. The wonder of the galaxy that we see with our telescopes is his doing. And the wonder of the galaxies we've yet to discover because telescopes aren't powerful enough, those are his doing as well. The Lord of the stars is now under the gaze of the stars. This is the one who formed man out of the dust. God made man from the dust of the earth and breathed into him the breath of life. God knits each one of us together in the womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalmist says. And yet here he is, knit together himself in Mary's womb. The one who breathed into Adam the breath of life is receiving the breath of life himself. This is the great I am. When Moses asked who to tell Israel had sent him, God says, tell them I am sent you. I am highlights God's eternality, his self-existence, his self-sufficiency. No mere creature has sent you, Moses. You tell them I am has sent you. The wonder then entailed when Jesus takes this name upon himself. In defense of his claim to be greater than Abraham, he tells the Jews, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And they took up stones to kill him because they knew he just claimed to be none other than God himself. This is the Alpha and Omega. Listen to Jesus from the book of Revelation. I am Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Revelation 1.8 Behold, I am coming to you, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am Alpha and I am Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Revelation 22, 12 and 13. This is he before whom man trembles. What happened when Isaiah saw the glory of God in Isaiah 6? He was undone by his majesty and might. He was undone by the greatness of God. Confronted with God's glory, he averted his eyes and he cried out, Woe is me! For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Likewise, the children of Israel, when the presence of God descended upon Mount Sinai, and he thundered, they feared, don't speak to us anymore, they said. Moses, you speak to us, lest he does, and we die. God's presence makes man fall down and tremble. And yet, when Jesus is born, shepherds and wise men fall down, not in fear, but in worship. Why? It's because in Jesus, God has not come to judge, but to save. And this connects to our second point. Jesus is God with us. This is shocking, really. Now, maybe, over, maybe over-familiarity has made the shock factor well off wear off, but let me just encourage you, let this get your attention this morning. In Jesus' God is with us and yet it is not our undoing. In Jesus, God is with us and yet we are not fearful and afraid of His glory. Instead, we are drawn to His glory and that's because in the mercy and grace of God, He sent His Son not to judge though it would have been perfectly legitimate for Him to do so but he sent him to save. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, Matthew one twenty one. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, John 3.17. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. 2 Corinthians 5.19. Did you know that from creation, God created us for intimacy with him? So friends, that, that longing you have for community, that desire you have for connection, that deep down itch that you can't even describe, but what it longs for is to be known and to be close and to be embraced and to be accepted, that comes because you were made for relationship with God. From the ground up, He designed you to be intimate with Him. But you're not. (laughs) We we are not. No, No one is intimate with Him because we have rebelled. In the beginning, Adam and Eve said no to submission to God's law and that separated them from Him. Because of their sin, God's presence has become other and frightful and fearful. I want you to hear me. That's what sin does. And listen, fear is is the appropriate response to God. I hope you can hear me. If you don't fear God, then you don't know God in any meaningful way. The psalmist describes a non-Christian as one who has no fear of God before his eyes. On the other hand, the Proverbs say that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of true wisdom. And so all the more striking, right? All the more striking that God comes as a baby, that he takes on human flesh. What could be less fearful and less intimidating than a baby? Why, why has God revealed himself like this? What is God doing? Why not descend like he did on Sinai? Why not thunder from the heavens? Because, and let it be a headline heard round the world this morning, in Christ God has come to pursue us. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Oh, he could have thundered from the heavens. He could have wiped us off the map and there would have been no injustice with God if he did nothing but bring about swift justice which would result in our eternal damnation in hell. We deserve nothing. But God has come in Christ to pursue us, to woo us, to rescue us from our love affair with sin. God sent Jesus, and Jesus willingly came to bring us back to God. And he did this by living the life we should have lived. He obeyed God in every way. By dying the death we deserve to die. The penalty for our sin is death. And then by rising again in victory over the grave. And the promise of God is this. If you recognize your estrangement from him due to your sin. If you are willing to leave your sin. And if you will trust the son to pay the price for your sin, then you are forgiven. You are reconciled. The judgment you deserve for every sin you have ever committed will never come because it has been paid for by Christ. Intimacy, relationship, connection with God, it's been restored. Friends, we we do not deserve this Christmas gift. Friends, we are all on the naughty list. It's true. But God has given it nonetheless because He is a more gracious God than any of us will ever give Him credit for. This then is the best Christmas gift we could ever receive, is it not? This is... This is our joy. In the presence, in your presence, there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611. Because of Christ, joy is ours. This is our comfort. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23, 4. Because of Christ, we have comfort. This is our treasure. Whom have I in heaven but you and there is nothing on earth I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 73. We have God because we have Christ and we will have him eternally. Reconciliation with God through Christ is the beginning of new creation. This intimacy, this joy, this comfort, this treasure, although it is incredible now. In comparison to what it will be, our present experience is like watching a movie on a 20-inch black and white TV from the 50s. What is coming is so much greater And they will be his people, and God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. This is what we get because of Christmas. This, this, is where, this is where it is all going. I don't have words to express it. I, I, got, I got nothing. It's too good. It's too precious. This is what God has given to us. I can't help but to think of the ladies' ensemble last night. Hear these words afresh. I couldn't help tearing up as they sang last night. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah for the things he has done. Come and adore him. Bow down before him. Sing hallelujah for the light of the world. Amen. But not everyone here can sing that. If you're not a Christian, then these things aren't yours. If you're not a Christian, then none of this applies to you. If you're not a Christian, this comfort and joy and encouragement and treasure They do not belong to you. I am burdened that many of you that hear the Word of God, that have heard the Word of God so many, many times, yet you do not respond. You have been told, friends, of the preciousness of Christ, and yet he remains someone you hear about but do not know personally he remains God's gift to you under the tree and yet you do not open it. Do you know what my fear is for you? For many of you. That although Christ is continually offered to you, you do not receive him and so you perish in your sins. Please open this gift. God offers Christ to you again this morning. Take him. Stop looking. Stop considering stop waiting tear the wrapper apart and take him for yourself let this be the Christmas that Christmas should be let this Christmas be the one you look back to years from now and you say with joy and thankfulness that's when I came to Christ That's when I stopped plugging my ears and doing my own thing and running my own life and thinking nothing of God and blowing him off with lame excuses. You can come to Christ today. Oh, and I hope you will, dear ones. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life whoever does not obey the son shall not see life but the wrath of god remains on him john 3:36 let's pray father in heaven we can't help but to be awed We can't help but to sing hallelujah for the things you have done. That you came to us in a baby so that you might bring us back to yourself through that baby, living, dying, and rising and paying for our sins. And crediting us with his righteousness so that we can stand before you, reconciled, forgiven, freed, and receive comfort, light, joy, and life. Oh God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the incarnation. We thank you for the Christ child. We thank you for Emmanuel. God with us. Amen.